If a real-life princess ever deserved a Disney movie, it's Queen Nzinga. This clever queen was one of the great women rulers of Africa, famous for fighting against the slave trade and waving goodbye to European influence. She held off Portuguese invasions and slave raids for 30 long, hard years and never stopped fighting to keep what is now Angola free. But I'm betting that despite her kick-ass reign, Queen Nzinga's name doesn't ring a bell for many listeners. So in an effort to spread the word, we're going to give you a full episode on Nzinga. She's been called a hero, a murderer, a usurper, or, if you're Veronica, the OG Black Widow. And I will explain that, and it is worth the wait. (laughs) So without further ado, let's dive into the reign of one of history's most fierce and intelligent queens. Hello and welcome to Yesterday's News, a podcast brought to you by Factinate.com. I'm Veronica. And I'm Dancy. And this series has one goal, to make history fun. Because it turns out that when you take away the old words and the fancy titles, anyone who made history was probably a bit of a hot mess. This week, as part of our series on our favorite queens in history, we're discussing Nzinga, who ruled Ndongo and Mataba back in the Renaissance. This gal's life runs the gamut from thriller movie to soap opera, so buckle up and enjoy. Nzinga was born to the king of Ndongo and his favorite concubine in the early 1580s. And when she was born, she had an umbilical cord wrapped around her neck. But she still managed to survive. So second one of her life, this is the woman we're dealing with. And she was one smart lady even as a child. She could read and write in both her native tongue and she was fluent in Portuguese, which, as we'll see, came back to help her big time. And, you know, being a woman back then typically a raw deal yeah but in a way Nzinga's gender helped her along because her dad didn't think she was a threat to his throne and so he was like okay as a treat you can have a military education you can learn combat you can learn diplomacy because you know you're never gonna go anywhere you can have this little sandbox he was wrong she definitely used those skills however as nice as that sounds She overhauled a pretty raw deal as a kid because her family was an absolute gong show Mm -hmm. and colonization was running pretty wild in Africa at the time, particularly in Southwest Africa, where the Portuguese were trying to take everything that they could see. And kind of the worst part about Portuguese colonization, and a lot of different uh, colonizers use these tactics as well, they would go talk to certain tribes that already had animosity with another African tribe and kind of get them on their side and then use that tribe to take over this other tribe, which was exactly what was happening with Nzinga and her family. There was a rival tribe who was paired up with the Portuguese and they were basically just pillaging them while the Portuguese were behind them being like, yes, yes, with tented fingers. (laughs) So by the time Nzinga's dad took power, this war had been raging for a decade. It was just a huge freaking mess. And her personal life, not going that much better at this time. As a woman, she's married off pretty young, and we don't actually know the name of the guy she married. Sorry to this man. But pretty much the moment she gets married to this guy, everything gets way more complicated than it already was. Okay, so this is what I call palace mayhem. Everything happens very quickly. It is all extremely dramatic, so truly... Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Nzinga's father, we want to like him because he gave his daughter 
and education, although I guess he only gave it to her because he thought she would be useless. In any case, he becomes very cruel and oppressive. He loses the support of his people. And uh, some of those people include members of his own family. For example, his son, Nzinka's brother, in some stories, he overthrows the king. So he turns on his own father, takes the crown from him, and decides, boy, bye, I am going to be the new ruler. However, you know, when there's a regime change, people are always like, new ruler, big changes. It's going to be different this time. (laughs) Things are going to get better. No, new king, same shit. Nzinga's brother is named Mbandi, and he is also awful. He clearly inherited that from his father. We don't know very much about Mbandi, but what we know is not very good. We know that he seems to have been quite paranoid. Hmm, wonder why. Maybe overthrowing your own father doesn't make you feel super secure about your claim to the throne. <laughs> he was super afraid that someone would usurp him and take his power, so he makes some really horrific demands. He has doctors forcibly sterilize our heroine in Zenga. Mm. He also murders her son which is his own nephew horrific villainy horrific yeah so Nzinga reasonably escapes her evil brother by running away with her husband and then for the next five years Mbandi spends his time showing that he's very cowardly very bad at statecraft you know how the father didn't want anyone to overthrow him so he didn't give people military (laughs) educations Well, this bites us all in the ass because when Mbandi takes power, like, it's very clear that he has no idea what he's doing. He quickly just, like, runs the country into even more war and famine and bloodshed, and it's a very, very bad situation. So Mbandi does the smartest thing that he's done in his whole life. He reaches out to his estranged sister, who, again, he forcibly sterilized and killed her son. And he's like, hey, Nzinga, long time no see. If I was her at this point, I'd be like, mm, okay, yeah, hey. It's like getting a text from the guy that screwed you over like a year later. Mm -hmm. And suddenly he wants to be friends. Yes. He actually wants Nzinga to save his ass. He says, I have really screwed up. Would you please come back and help negotiate a peace treaty with the Portuguese? And Zynga obviously owes her brother nothing. However, she has sat by and watched on the sidelines as her people just go through war, bloodshed, famine, slavery. And she wants to intervene for them, not to actually help them bondy. She's a better person than me. Like that's avoiding pettiness in such a great way. But uh... still proving that you're definitely the better sibling. (laughs) I just think there's a really deep-seated temptation in me to just be like, "Mm, I don't know, I'm just going to watch you burn, Bandy. Like, Mm -hmm. you made your bed. This is why we're grateful that women like Nzinga existed, because we might be too petty to help. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And Angola would have fallen into ruin (laughs) because I didn't want to forgive my brother. (laughs) (laughs) Thankfully, Nzinga does step up to the plate, and boy, oh boy, does she just dominate. She meets with the Portuguese governor, and she's a very shrewd negotiator. Portugal agrees to withdraw from Ndongo and recognize the country as a sovereign nation. In exchange, Ndongo allows the Portuguese to create trade routes in their land. But I think the real takeaway from this meeting is the iconic moment where the Portuguese governor tries to make Nzinga look subservient and feel subservient. Right as she steps into the room where they're going to hammer out this deal, he has brought one chair, classy, 
And he has taken it, even classier. <laughs> and this leaves Nzinga with a mat oh. to sit on, you know, literally positioning himself as her superior. However, Nzinga asks one of her entourage to drop to his hands and knees, and then she makes herself comfortable by sitting on his back. (laughs) This is such a famous Nzinga moment in almost every picture. It's her just like sitting so regally on one of her subjects' backs being like, nope. Not today, Satan. Not today. If I was that Portuguese governor, I'd be like watching that and just being like, well, fuck. I know. (laughs) It's so satisfying. So anyways, Nzinga's come back. She saved the day. Good job, Nzinga. And then the good news just keeps on coming. In 1623 or 1624, we're not sure, her shitty brother Mbondi either commits suicide, believing that he can't recoup his losses from, you know, that war he was in charge of and completely failed at. (laughs) So either he takes his own life or Nzinga poisons him out of revenge for killing her son. Ooh, see, this is where I'm like, I'm back on her wavelength. She's playing the long game. Mm -hmm. She's like, okay, I'll save my people because I love them, even if I hate you. And I am going to get revenge on you. And I'll take your power. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't care if he killed himself or if she killed him. I'm just glad he's gone. I do not like this man. (laughs) He wasn't a good guy. Ooh, and in some sources, people say that her brother had a son and Nzinga killed him too to make sure that she would definitely be queen. She's had enough of this guy's antics. Yeah, that DNA, not about it. (laughs) Either way, Nzinga becomes the ruler of Ndongo in 1624. And this is a huge deal. Nzinga was never expected to be the ruler. Women were typically not allowed to be rulers in this specific African nation. Other ones, as we'll see, felt differently. But this is another reason why she had to eliminate her brother and his son, because the idea of a woman queen was very badass, was very chef's kiss. Love it. So now Nzinga is queen at long last. She's finally just you know, shoved her incompetent brother out of her way. Bye. Bye. They're gone. (laughs) She dusts herself off. She's now in her rightful place. But, you know, her troubles aren't over. She becomes Catholic to seal the deal with the Portuguese. That was kind of one of the clauses in the agreement that she signed with them. Well, (laughs) after a year, the Portuguese broke the treaty and went back to enslaving people. What? You mean colonists don't keep their word? You mean colonists would manipulate an indigenous population into giving away more than they received? That can't be right. I mean, there's no other precedent in history for that. So uh, that's pretty odd. I, for one, am shocked and appalled (laughs) that this happened. So, yeah, they back out of the treaty and Nzinga's like, okay, well, I don't want to be Christian then. Like, screw you. Well, guess what? I don't love Jesus. So, (laughs) bye. (laughs) Not only does she relinquish Christianity, actually, she also flees the country and takes over, in the process, the nation of Matamba. She's just collecting countries at this point. And even better, Matamba actually has a history of being pretty chill about woman rulers. So Go you, Matamba. Nzinga's like, yeah, I like it better here. The Portuguese breathing down my neck and trying to make me love God. So she's chilling. And while there, while in Matamba... Nzinga opens a haven for escaped slaves because, again, she's all about her people and she knows the Portuguese are just raping, pillaging, ruining her country and the countries around her. Now, 
the Portuguese back in Ndongo are still just mucking shit up. They install a puppet ruler. Some people even say that that ruler is Nzinga's own sister, which is, oh, oh my God, like soap opera. The Portuguese are messy bitches who love drama. <laughs> they belong on Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And this is a total mess for a very long time. Nzinga is safe in Matamba, but her home country, which she really loves and wants to, to do so much for, is just falling to pieces because the Portuguese suck. And this goes on for 30 years of endless, complicated fighting. But... Before we do that, let's take a little pause. Let's pause. Nzinga's in exile, living her best life, partly. And I want to talk briefly about her bedroom life, which was so good, people. This story, it does come from almost certainly an embellished 17th century biography on her. So take it with a grain of salt. But also, like, let's just crack open the spine on this romance novel I'm about (laughs) to read you. So... Nzinga throughout all this preferred to dress like a man because, and this is actually such an amazing thing that really proves how fluid gender is. A lot of queens at this time would take on masculine titles, wear manly clothes. And yes, some of them certainly were transmasculine and great. But some of them were also just like, well, I can become a man whenever I feel like it because it's just about the clothes you wear and how you walk and Mm. what you say, right? So I'm a king now. And Nzinga took part in this as well. She was like, I'm a king now. Call me a king. I'm going to dress like a man. And she maintained a harem of 50 to 60, 50 to 60 young men. Five zero to six zero. Half of a hundred. Like, <laughs> and she made these men dress as women. <laughs> I love this topsy-turvy gender bending world that she has constructed for herself. Yes, it's beautiful. It's, it's amazing. She would also allegedly have these men fight to the death to win the right to spend just one night with her. Because when the night was over, she would then supposedly execute them. This explains why she needs like 50 of them. (laughs) Because you enjoy one and then they're out of this life. (laughs) It was very one and done. Like it's the literal one and done. This is why I call her the original Black Widow. Because the Black Widow spider, famously, after they mate, they kill their male partner. I mean, show me the lie. <laughs> Black Widow, baby. She was also a really fierce warrior. Uh, like I said, she called herself king. And while she did that, she led armies into battle, again, dressed as a man. She also didn't forget the woman around her. She made her sisters generals. She put women in government and military roles. So she was really about the idea of grabbing on to masculine symbols and using them to her own advantage. And that's just awesome. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love Nzinga. I love her bedroom life. And I love her trenchant desire that women in power can empower women. Shine theory. Shine theory, girl. So good. So the whole time that Nzinga is ruling Matamba, banging hot guys, gender bending with the best of them, she also always has her eye, of course, on regaining her homeland of Ndongo and freeing it from the clutches of the Portuguese colonizers. So in 1641, she decides to partner with a rival European nation. She partners with the Netherlands. In 1644, they combine forces and they defeat the Portuguese. Hooray! Party! However, the party is cut short very quickly. Two years later, Portugal comes back 
and defeats Nzinga in the Dutch. Boo, hiss. And guys, honestly, there is a lot of politicking, fighting, diplomacying happening at this time. Just like decades of it. And I am just going to give you the highlights reel. So in the course of this battle where Portugal defeats Nzinga and her Dutch allies, they discover that Nzinga's sister, who was also secretly spying for Nzinga back in Ndongo, she got exposed. So they drown her in the river, which is Ugh. bad. Other sources more optimistically say that, like Nzinga, she was a boss and she managed to escape. I'm personally going to go with option B, but you do you. Choose your own adventure. And there's more bad things to come. So the Portuguese expel the Dutch, and this leaves Nzinga without any allies. This is bad. Ugh. So Nzinga retreats back to Matamba and fights the Portuguese from a distance. But at this point, she is in her later years. She's been doing this for a long time. She's been going forever, full yeah. tilt ahead. So eventually, she strikes another deal with Portugal, and it is isn't the very, very best, but it does give her what she wants the most. She gets Ndongo back finally Yay. in 1657. Hooray, you did, you did it. it! You crazy son of a bitch, you did. Now, at this point, Ndongo has been ravaged. It is a shell of what it used to be. So for the rest of her life, Nzinga spends her time working to restore her home. And then six years later, in 1663, Nzinga finally, after a lifetime of, oh my god, endless, <laughs> endless fighting, endless drama, she dies of old age. She is about 80 years old when she passes. Which is a feat in itself to die of old age after the life that she had. Yeah, how good at fighting was this woman to have survived that long? Like, you can't knock her down. Yeah. Oh, and there's more signs that she was ferocious. So because her brother murdered her only baby and made it such that she could not have any more children... I will never let this go, and I will keep reminding you that he did this because I think it's horrific. She had mm -hmm. no children to succeed her, so Nzinga says, I'm going to keep being a transgressive ruler, and I'm going to make my sister Barbara take over my spot. And I love this. Nice. Nice. But no shade to you, Barbara, but you're not as good as Nzinga. <laughs> <laughs> Who could be, though? Let's skew this to the positive. Lessa, wow, Barbara, what you do, girl? And more <laughs> like a, this is how amazing Nzinga truly was. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Very quickly after her death, it became clear that no one could do what she did. And we sadly know this because of some bad news. With her gone, the Portuguese almost immediately regained control of Ndongo. And it would take 300 years until the Portuguese government finally removes its troops and modern-day Angola got its independence and liberation. I could just see, nearing the end of Nzinga's life, I imagine that the Portuguese just, like, hired someone to stand by. And just wait for her to die. Yeah, or just, like, spy. Nope, still alive. Mm. Nope, still alive. You know they had a Google <laughs> alert on that. So yeah, that's the story of Queen Nzinga. She inspired future resistance leaders who fought for Angolan independence. She's also obviously an amazing role model for Angolan women who are now involved in the government and economic sectors. That's such an amazing thing. You can really see her influence just by her doing what she did and living. Mm -hmm. There are still echoes of that in Angolan structures today. Oh, yeah. And they have like streets named after her. They have a huge statue of her. She is very, very beloved in her homeland, as she should be. She's great. So cool. The coolest. 
So now you know about the coolest lady, and I bet you probably didn't know too much about her before this pod, so spread the word, tell your friends, and in the meantime, thanks for listening to Yesterday's News, a podcast brought to you by Factinate.com. If you want to learn more about Queen and Zynga, check out our article on her. As always, the link is in the show notes. Please leave us a review on the iTunes store and tell your friends about the podcast. Every new listener is deeply appreciated. We'll be back next week with another iconic queen to tell you about. But until then, don't let the bland textbooks fool you because history was a damn soap opera. Mm-hmm.